Welcome to episode 18 of the Set the Tone podcast. I am your host, Tony, and you can follow along at setthetone underscore pod on Twitter. Again, at setthetone underscore pod. Today's edition of the program, the podcast, is to be its truest nature, the intent. We set the tone, we get you in, we get you out. We're going to cover Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. We will cover a little bit of the Deshaun Watson saga that goes along with it. Tom Brady, back from retirement, and we have March Madness underway. But the crash course is right here. Uh, Latest at this hour, Baker Mayfield has requested a trade from the Cleveland Browns, and it all stemmed from earlier on this week, interest had begun from the Browns that they were going to Houston to speak with Deshaun Watson and his team and the Texans of interest in a potential trade. So what that immediately does, and this is a situation that's been going on over a year of Deshaun Watson rumors, and then throw into the mix that there are 20 plus accusations of sexual assault against him. Now, albeit the criminal charges have been thrown out, that does not eliminate any sort of civil suits that are still possible or out there. Deshaun Watson is a talent in the NFL. He's a talent at the quarterback position when he's playing. He's a fringe top five quarterback. We know that. Now, based off numbers, it hasn't obviously materialized to much of a winner with the Houston Texans. Now, maybe that's not his fault. Has not had the best circumstances, has not had the best situation, but we do know what his talent brings us when he's in there for four quarters on a Sunday, and teams for obvious reasons are going to be interested in that. But the Browns, namely, who had publicly in January spoken that Baker Mayfield will be their quarterback for the next season to come out and back him, now go behind his back, and much like the Miami Dolphins did with Tua Tagovailoa, go behind and shop around for Deshaun Watson. Now, there's no rule against what the Cleveland Browns are doing here, but we also have to remember we're once again dealing with humans. This isn't a fantasy football league where we're more so trading game pieces. We're dealing with human emotions that are at play here. And for you to go shop for Deshaun Watson, be turned down by Deshaun Watson, then come out and publicly advocate for Baker Mayfield after he, based off his Twitter message that he went to the Notes app, fired that up, and wrote a couple paragraphs on where his head and his heart are currently at and how he feels treated by the Browns. They come out and back him and say, yeah, he's actually our guy. Then Baker Mayfield wants to inquire about a trade and the Browns turn that down. It is kind of silly the way the Browns act and for whatever godforsaken reason here, the overwhelming majority, it seems, is against Baker Mayfield and on the side of the Browns. Why is that? Because if you ask me, since Bernie Kosar has left Cleveland. The best quarterback that this team has seen come through in the past 30 years has been Derek Anderson. Baker Mayfield has the Browns to a more relevant spot than they have ever been in the last 20 years. And that's in a very good way. 
not a laughing stock of the NFL, but actually a team that's on the fringe of competition. A fringe of bait breaking through in the AFC. Mind you, this is a team that took some relatively sharp money and some good public money on winning a Super Bowl this past year. Winning a division. Winning a conference. That was all under the impression that Baker Mayfield will be at the helm. People not only backed the Browns, but indirectly they backed Baker Mayfield with their money, with their dollars, and with their mind. So why is the opinion changed? Because the performance was so bad this past season? If you listen to this program at all, and now you hear people come out and say, well, the injuries had an effect on him. Hell, where the world was that during the season? Because that was my argument the entire time, that it was an injury-prone Mayfield, and this is where the Browns are at fault, and it's an organizational failure. Much like the reason a fighter in boxing has a corner to come in and throw a towel to stop a fight, Baker Mayfield should have the Cleveland Browns to prevent him from getting injured any further. And ultimately what I think the Browns did is force Baker Mayfield to get a couple more bumps and bruises. Not only that, but damage his ego because his performance suffered. Furthermore, damage the relationship between the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. And not only that, but hurt themselves in season. If the Browns really wanted, they could have put Case Keenum in for a couple weeks, let Baker Mayfield heal up. But instead, of course, the player wants to get out there and prove. And with the attitude Baker Mayfield has, it's to be expected. That's one of the reasons that draws me to being a fan of him and his style of play. He has that bit of an FU attitude. Right, that exuberates on the field, and when the player wins, it is damn fun to watch. When he loses, I get that he's an easy target. But you see people call him a punk. You see Duke Johnson, and I get Duke Johnson calling him out. Baker Mayfield said, if you're not on the train, right, get off, we're, we're going places. But that's the confidence you want that guy to have. Right? Now, sometimes it just doesn't work out. But also... You have a guy who's his Odell Beckham Jr. in the building, which probably is not the easiest thing for a young quarterback to deal with. Well, he's still trying to learn the league, learn an NFL offense. He also has to cater to Odell Beckham Jr. Someone like Matt Stafford, Eli Manning, a little bit more equipped to do that than Baker Mayfield. I, I, I find it interestingly bizarre that we're not going to hold the Browns accountable here for any of this at all? The same Cleveland Browns organization that have been the laughingstock of the NFL for the past 20 years are now all of a sudden free and clear. They've done no wrong. They've handled this situation perfectly. Where does the narrative change? And we wonder, we wonder why players leave in free agency and get every single dollar they can and for these (laughs) these are some of the same fans that sat there and complained about the MLB owners and the league lockout and that the players were in the right the owners were in the wrong but here turn around oh we'll defend the Browns it just makes no sense whatsoever I'd love for a guy like Baker Mayfield to go to the Indianapolis Colts 
Land in Indy, a team that has a defense and offensive line, some good offensive weapons, Jonathan Taylor, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Paris Campbell, right? You name them. They're there. They're ready to win. They need to get over the hump. That could be a quick turnaround spot. Frank Reich seems like a good quarterback coach. AFC South, relatively soft division, playing indoors. Go get yours, Baker. I'd love to see Baker Mayfield in Indianapolis and kick ass and really prove a lot of people wrong, Steve Smith included, who I get. Part of his gimmick is running his mouth, making some headlines, and he says he's telling it like it is. Now, I think the truth lies somewhere in between. That's certainly true. But now, I hope that people turn a little bit more sympathetic for Baker Mayfield and understand where he's coming from after all the shit that some of the players have to go through and the dealings in the media. Speaking of quarterbacks in the NFL, Tom Brady dropped a bombshell on Sunday. He's back after two months of retirement. And his dad claims the media forced him into retirement. What does that mean? God only knows. Tom Sr. The media forced Tom Brady Jr. into retirement. How? Explain that one for us. Because I'd really love a little bit of insight. Everyone's waiting on his answer. I don't know if that's forcing him into retirement. But I don't know what more Tom Brady has to prove. Maybe he has nothing left to prove. You would think that he wants to take the route that Andrew Whitworth did a little bit and, and spend time with the family. Um, it's beyond me. I mean, there's nothing that I'm going to say here that you haven't heard or thought someone already said, unless Tom Brady really doesn't like his family. Now, what I will say, the annoying things about Tom Brady, these elongated social media posts, not just the fact that he posted on Twitter, but to go on LinkedIn and post it. Now, for those listening who may have a LinkedIn account. I think we all know some people who fit the quote-unquote annoying mold of LinkedIn. They are the LinkedIn influencer. They're about their brand, a content creator. Well, that carries to LinkedIn too. And Tom Brady just fell into that trap, and it just leads so much disdain. It's just a very unlike, and I get his level of play has been great through his entire career. I mean, you are the greatest quarterback of all time. I say he's the greatest football player of all time. But he's one of the greatest nuisances of all time, if you ask me. On from that, the NCAA tournament is underway. Uh, this is a Thursday recording of the podcast. We have some winners who have moved on from the round of 64 to the round of 32 already. Plugging along, uh, I'll give you my final four off the bat. Gonzaga Bulldogs. Or Gonzaga. I don't know where people say why people say Gonzaga. Clearly Gonzaga, but you would think after being a, I would argue, a blue blood now for the past 20 years, people could say Gonzaga properly. Doesn't seem like that's going to change anytime soon for those out there in the Pacific Northwest, Spokane included. I guess you're going to have to deal with people from the East Coast and Midwest pronouncing it Gonzaga. 
So go Zogs. Uh, Gonzaga in the final four, along with Arizona, Tommy Lloyd, Mark Few, uh, the teacher versus student potential final matchup. I have UCLA in the final four as well. And rounding that out, Bruce Pearl and the Auburn Tigers. I mean, I'll show some bias towards Villanova if they get hot shooting the basketball. They're a team that could wind I mean, they're talented enough. They're a team that could wind up in the Final Four. I just think they're going to lack some size when it comes to an Elite Eight matchup against uh, Arizona. That's going to be a struggle for them. UCLA, some veteran experience, Johnny Juzang crew and uh, McCronin, I think getting back to that same spot. But really what it's going to boil down to, Gonzaga Bulldogs, Chet Holmgren, and I hear a lot of analysis and people say, well, this is a better Gonzaga team this year than it was with the Jill and Suggs-led team last year. I don't know if better is the right word. I would use different. This is a different Gonzaga team, and I think they present different problems for the opposition. And I think the different problems that they will provide or throw at the opposition, right? Whether it be Chet Holmgren being rangy inside, stretching the floor a little bit, Drew Timmy having another year with him, that's going to create the problems and ultimately lead to the success of Gonzaga winning a national title. Based off of my dopey bracket prediction, that is no longer perfect with the Michigan Colorado State game. I had Colorado State, I thought Michigan was going to be a trendy pick for folks, went against it. Now, Regardless, both will bow out in the round of 32, if you ask me. Memphis has moved on. Baylor's going to move on. Providence, another uh, mentioned Michigan, is one there as well. Tennessee is taking Longwood to the cleaners. And at halftime, the Richmond Spiders have the Iowa Hawkeyes in a bit of a battle. Could we see our first 5-12 upset? I think our first big upset here of the NCAA tournament. It's very possible. Uh, so that's all well and dandy. So as the podcast continues, again, we wanted to get you in, get you out here. We're going to monitor the March Madness. I want to monitor this Baker Mayfield situation to see how the Browns respond and see if there's anything else I can muster up a little bit from this. But for the weekend at hand, a lot of basketball, a lot of NCAA wrestling. We were off to Detroit Saturday for the NCAA wrestling finals. Also there. I didn't realize there were three casinos around the city of Detroit. If you have good Detroit recommendations for Saturday, Hit me up on Twitter at setthetone underscore pod. That is at setthetone underscore pod. Casinos, sportsbook, we'll pick some winners while we're there. And we'll get back with you all next week. Thank you for joining us on episode 18 of Set the Tone.